listening to the OKest Fisher Podcast, part of the OKest Podcast Network, featuring your hosts, Matt Strine and Greg Tubbs. Hey there, welcome back to the OKS Fisher Podcast, coming at you from the OKS Fisher Podcast Studio. How are we doing, Matt? We're doing good, man. How are you? Oh, can't complain. Uh, didn't get out and do any fishing over the weekend. Stuck to home, you know, because we did, uh, we kind of did a marathon week of salmon fishing, which went pretty well, you know, for the most part. But um, you got to get away to the Northwoods to do some Northwoods fishing, and it really sounded like you were looking forward to doing some musky fishing in particular. How'd that go? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I did probably about 150,000 cash short of what I wanted to do, but uh, we had some tough conditions up there. Water temps were pretty high, and uh, the guys we went up with, my brother and father-in-law, um, they're not musky fishermen. And they don't understand fully the addiction it is. So we ended up fishing a lot of walleye and smallmouth, and I just went along with that. It was fun. Okay, so you abandoned the trophy fishing to go meat fishing, essentially. How would that feel? Yeah, it it hurt. It hurt my soul because that first morning, even though fishing was tough, I moved a fish, and I had a fish hit, and I lost it. And then about 40 minutes after that, since they didn't see anything, we decided to go uh, do some other types of fishing. It was fine. We're still fishing. Um, and like I said, conditions were pretty tough. It would have been a struggle to probably get one to bite. But okay. we did what we did to catch the fish. So by by tough conditions, by you know musky fishing standards, you had warm water temps. I mean, here we are. We're middle of summer, essentially, end of July, right? And was it high skies, you know, a lot of sunshine? I mean, it's not a clear body of water, is it? It's it's murky. Yep, very murky. You could probably see a foot down. Okay. Um, so you kind of got that as maybe stacking the deck a little bit in your favor, being that it's murky water. But the other side of the sword is that being murky, it also gets warmer. Yep, that we were noticing that top water temps um, got up, you know, midday right around that, you know, 82, 83 degree mark. Um, and with our, with which isn't, I mean, it's not great for musky fishing, but uh, to put it into context, we, the lake we fish is actually the Elk River flows through and they got a dam. So it's like a, a river that actually flows through. Um, and so the water's always moving. And we noticed about four to six foot down was that temperature change, and it was significantly cooler down there. It's just we couldn't find the fish in that type of water, and I didn't feel comfortable fishing for them in those shallow flats. Um, Some of that other stuff. The lake we fish isn't a very deep lake, uh, maybe 10, 12-foot max depth, a couple of like one or two 20-foot holes, but they're super small and spread apart. So it sounds like your typical Northwoods flowage type lake. You, know, yep. you got a bigger main river that runs through most of it, and there's wider spots in it. You know that where, where all the shallow bays are. Where all the shallow bays are, and great habitat because it usually grows some weeds. A lot of it is old flooded timber, so there's there's plenty of that in there. 
uh, plenty of good places to lose lures and uh, uh, hide fish. And I'm sure you you find some rock in there too. I mean, up north there's a lot of sand and, and granite, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, there's a lot of that up there. We had um, it's mostly I'd say fifty to sixty percent of the lake is like a, a mud or you know muck bottom, and then there's where the kind of chain of the river goes, the natural travel path of the river. That's where your you know your wood structure, fallen trees. Um, you got a lot of sand, you got a lot of rock. The rock is a little more hit or miss, but once you find the rock, that's where you'll find the fish. And it's not like you can look for rock because you can see a foot down. So it's a lot of trial and error and knowing the lake a little bit. Yeah, time on the water will definitely be your friend. Uh, trying to find those pieces of structure and know what maybe to stay away from. How's their water conditions as far as like water height? I mean, they've had more rain up there than we've had here down south. Uh, are they low? Are they average? What do you, what do you think? Um, so it's a little bit different of a situation up there since it's dam controlled. Um, the water level stays pretty consistent. Okay. Um, and they've, they have had a lot more rain than we did. So those, that dam was cranked open for a while. We got another probably two inches of rain on the way up on Thursday night. And then it rained again on Friday night. So that wasn't an issue. Um, water height by any means but made for some again tough conditions with two fronts moving through and then we're fishing post front stuff sure and i mean i've always had good luck getting muskies to follow things right before a rainstorm comes through you know and never even fishing for them purposely and they they would just come cruise up behind you know uh, a tandem bass bait you know a spinner bait they'd come follow them up all the time you know, it was one of my favorite baits to throw when I was a kid up on the up on the flowage and up on the river, and it never failed. If if we knew we had a storm coming, you know, we were out an hour before the storm rolled through, we'd always get fish to follow, and you know, get some get some walleyes or get some bass or some pike to bite. Yeah, we uh, so when we came up, um, put the story into a chronological order. We we went up Thursday night. Uh, so we drove through up there those first batch of real bad storms, getting up to the cabin. Um, and then we were fine. Like, the weather was fine all Friday. And then, like, 6 o'clock or so, uh, another batch of heavy, severe storms came through, tornado warnings and all that stuff. Um, we didn't get a direct hit from that, but we definitely got some rain, um, which we knew saturday then was going to be a tough day of fishing because i haven't had a lot of luck post frontal those fish if they're going to bite you're going to have to really coax them into biting so we didn't have the best you know popping fish every third cast kind of you know whatever stats going out there but we we were able to find some fish it took a probably half the day on saturday to locate some walleye um but once we did i mean it worked we we got on them Nice. So stepping back to the muskie, what are you throwing for a bait right now up there, you know, in that type of situation? So that lake, um, there's my three go-to lures. It's a bucktail in the summer is always great, great tool. We cover a lot of water. You can work uh, a lot of areas, work a lot of shallow stuff if they're up shallow. I also like running a stuic, which is a pull pause or a dive rise bait. Um, just a big slab of, of lumber with some hooks on the bottom of it for people who aren't familiar. And then 
it sounds weird, but top water. I mean, you cover a lot of water. You go through some of those high weeds if they're hanging out in there. You may not hook up, but you can definitely figure out if there's fish in there real quick. Top water is just fun to throw and fun. You never know. All of a sudden, something just blows up on it. And, you know, I've caught plenty of smallmouth and, you know, a few largemouth here and there on top water musky baits. You know, you wouldn't believe they'd get a, you know, a three-aught or a four-aught treble hook, you know, and it, it, on a small mouth that'll that'll cover up upper and lower lip pretty easily. <laughs> they wedge that thing in there somehow and they get completely hooked. But it's almost luck. It's almost luck when you hook you know a smaller fish on some musky tackle because yeah. they're not. I don't know what they're aiming for, but the only thing they physically can fit in their mouth is a hook. So yeah, it's it's pretty pretty impressive to see that happen. So are you when you say bucktails? I mean, I've got a variety of different sizes in my box. I mean. This time of year, what are you throwing? Are you throwing something real big, medium size, smaller? So I always start um, a little smaller just to, you know, it's easier on your back and your shoulders first yeah. off. But you can't go wrong with like a rabbit squirrel or, um, you know, some of the smaller, you know, musky killer, something like that. Just cover some water and you get some incidental pike and bass bites on it too. Um, if we really got fish located, I have no problem throwing twin tens, uh, you know, bigger bucktails, stuff like that. Uh, and this time of year, most of the time, you're going to be cranking it as fast as you physically can without breaking the rod in half. Sure. They just want to, you know, they're they're aggressive this time of year. Fair enough. So you found some, some other fish to catch. Um, which one of you was the one decided to throw – We'll say some live bait over the side first to find it. So we, I'll back up a little bit. After we uh, dropped the musky act fishing shores, we went back to a part of the river channel that cuts through as deep enough. And we we're actually trolling some flicker sheds, uh, some smaller walleye baits. We we're just trying to locate some fish. And I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't fished that lake a lot for strictly walleye or strictly um anything but musky to be honest with you so we're like you know if we can get some short strikes we can get some hits we can mark it on the graph kind of figure out where they are and then we can go back and try to jig for them you know because where there's one there's more than one um so that's what we started to do we did some trolling um of course i cheated a little bit and i was trolling a musky lure and ended up losing one and then i caught a northern but besides the point i, I it's hard to put down on musky stuff <laughs> clearly <laughs> yep but we you know we were trolling the typical transitions between muck and sand um the shallower water going into deeper holes just trying to figure out that time of day where some fish were sure yeah and it was uh we had no bites only one short strike and then one hit and we lost a walleye coming up to the boat which we kind of figured out they're in the sandier areas like right on that transition line so we pulled up Navionics and we're kind of following some of those contours, did a couple more trolls with nothing. And um, this was actually close to the second okayest tail of the trip, but I'll say it anyways. So we, once we figured out, you know, we're looking at Navionics had some, not, not, I wouldn't say a pattern, but we knew where fish were kind of setting up. We decided to motor on the high side, the shallower side of this five foot hump. And then on the back side of that was a 10-foot hole. So we're like, that's got everything. It's in the sand. We knew there were some weeds on the higher part. 
we're going to drift through that and just run some jigs and try to figure out where we're getting bites. If it's, you know, three foot of water, five foot of water, seven, 10, or in the hole. Um, so it was kind of our plan. So we pulled all our trolling gear in, fired up the big motor, started cranking down, cranking down. We were kind of looking, just can't really see much in the water. Um, we were like, oh, I wonder where that weed patch is. And then as soon as my brother-in-law was like, there's the weeds, we end up hitting a rock on the motor and it jumped up to like a foot and a half, two foot deep, which is not on any Navionics map that I saw. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was a nice, fun awakening and uh, no damage to the boat. We took about 10 minutes and checked everything out, made sure everything was good. Had a little dinger on the back, but the prop was good. Nice. And uh, kind of made that, kind of made the joke. We're like, well, the lake wanted us to stop here, so we might as well fish here. Why and not? yep, we positioned the boat to drift right over that area. Found out there's a lot of rocks in there. And our first five minutes of our first drift, we had three short walleye and a smallmouth in. Nice. Yep. And it was strange. It was two to three foot of water where those walleyes were. And water surface temp was roughly 83 at that time. It was high skies, no wind, 90 degrees, full humidity, and we weren't expecting to catch anything. Yeah, why would you? Because, like you said, those conditions, even people don't want to be out there doing much of that. But nope. you found something. So it, it goes to show you, sometimes it's worth gritting it out, you know, and and putting on your gloves and and going at it yep oh actually i i said that wrong the the day we started trolling to try to find them it was 95 no wind high skies humidity that was friday saturday is when this all happened it was 80 wind and high skies still okay. high water temps um, still post front but we finally locked on to something that so what they were congregating to and we must uh did that drift three or four times and then we got to the point where the wind was blowing us so hard we decided to drop anchor and just fan cast work it through lift the anchor drift a little bit drop it back down fan cast we figured it was probably 30 yard circle of rock and then it went right to sand and then right to muck so it was really a a spot it was a spot on in an area it wasn't just something you know at random for a long stretch it was a small small piece of structure there that rock pile in yep. that in that depth yep and like i said that's where it pays to drive around and look sometimes because that wasn't on avionics i'm surprised nobody else has killed motors there because it, like i said not on any mapping that i have and it says it's five feet deep right there water level doesn't drop that much and that was we we're in roughly three foot of water did you put a pin on avionics several Nice. We tried to outline that whole area so nice. we know where it is because I'll be back there in fall fishing for muskie because if there's a little walleye swimming there, there's going to be some bigger fish chasing those. Yeah, those are nice little uh, nice little snacks for the muskies to come and eat. Yep. And it's just, I mean, rocks and muskie kind of go hand in hand. And it was, uh, I'll point out, too, it was in the middle of the lake. So it okay. wasn't off to the shore. It wasn't, you know, where you would think it would be by the mouth of the river. It was literally... 300 yards off of one shore and 500 yards off the other shore. Nice. So you guys, you said you were using jigs. What did you put on those jigs? I mean, some guys will run 
twist your tails. They'll run swim swim baits behind their jigs this time of year. Uh, did you do live bait? What'd you do? So we had uh, leeches and crawlers. So when we went to the bait shop to pick up bait, we kind of, you know, typical ask the local bait shop guys what's been happening. Right. They, they've told us it's been a really tough bite with the heat. And uh, if you're going to get some walleye to bite, get the big, big leeches, bigger the better. They don't want to work that hard for a big nail. So we got large leeches and some large night crawlers. So once we figured them out, we caught them on leeches. And then once we were out of leeches, we switched to night crawlers and found out they were biting just as good on night crawlers. It's nice to have a combination of different baits in the boat, no matter what you're fishing for, whether it's bluegills. I mean, I when I ocean fish, I have a couple different kinds, whether it's it'll be a combination of lives and synthetics or all of them, you know. The more baits, the merrier when it comes to trying to get something to bite. If you don't know what they're biting on, you can listen to what the locals are saying. Most of the time they're right, but it's always fun to try something a little bit different too, you know. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe you find something that works better. You know, I've had it where I've used certain types of minnow, minnow plastics or, you know, gulp and throw a live bait out there and they just don't want it. So you have that, that imitation bait that maybe it's got just a little bit different scent, different different action to it that the fish really like. Yep, and it's uh, <clears throat> I notice a lot of those tactics are born out of necessity where yeah. you run out of live bait and you're like, we're not going to stop fishing because they're still biting. What can I put on that we can try to make work? And then you develop new little patterns. Absolutely. So you caught walleye, smallmouth, any rock bass out there? No, none. Wow. Not a rock bass there. It's unbelievable because most of the time, that's something that goes hand in hand. Northwoods Lake, walleyes are there, smallmouths are there. It's almost a guarantee that you got rock bass there too. I'm not I'm not saying they weren't there. We just didn't hook into any of them. Okay, fair enough. And uh, typically, you would. Yeah, I mean it was it was laid out perfect. Center cluster of weeds, rocks, and then sand, and then muck. It's just like a little point that came up, and you should be able to catch you know the bass and the weeds, walleye and the rocks and sand, and then you know rock bass in there too because they kind of float between both of them. Yep, they certainly do. And the smallmouths will be there as well, right along with the walleyes and the rocks. And it was weird. The smallmouths we were catching were farther away from the weeds than I would have thought. Really? The walleye were tighter in in the weeds. So I don't know if they were seeking a little shelter in there. Maybe we had some muskies swimming around and they were kind of a little shy to come out in the open. Hard to say. You never know. To put the scuba suit on and uh, hang out down there for a little while. You still wouldn't be able to see anything because it's so <laughs> it's such stained water. But somehow the fish managed to. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we uh how we were catching the walleye, I know a lot of guys do the real aggressive rip jigs. We knew hot, we knew post front, we knew they're gonna be a little lethargic on eating, and we were catching them two o'clock in the afternoon. Highest part of the sun, shallowest water on the lake. We are literally just pulling and pausing. Pull that jig, never left the bottom. Yep. And that's that was our key to success. We tried some more aggressive jigging with nothing. Small mall, they ate it. Well, they'll eat anything. But for the walleye, they wanted that real slow, like kicking up a little stuff and that type of presentation. Sure. That makes sense. Those fish are hanging belly to bottom. They're a gravel lizard. That's what they want to do. They want to be belly to bottom and wait for something to either hit them in the face or uh, give just a little bit of chase to, or uh, just you know, right in front of them. 
they they don't want to they don't want to work too hard and why should they it, when it's that warm out exactly you don't have to run to the fridge when meal gets dragged right in front of your face so yeah, absolutely not so what kind of uh rods and reels were you using there we had uh, a mixed bag i was using uh Iowa 2500 spinning reel, um, the medium light rod. Perfect. We had we had every combination of rod and reel out there. Father-in-law had some different stuff. Brother-in-law had some rubbish sale rods and reels that do the trick. He caught biggest walleyes there. It's not necessarily about the rod and reel. It's like the presentation with it. So Not at all. I guess uh, I should have asked, you know, were you medium light, medium action, monofilament, that's probably what I should have asked instead. But do you guys use mostly mono? Um, I run braid with a leader. Nice. Um, and when I run for walleye, I tie a snap swivel or a, a swivel on a barrel swivel. Sure. It's just easier to switch on the fly. Um, and I give myself enough leader because you get snagged, you get hung up, you break your line off. I don't want that knot to fail, and then have to sit and tie. I could tie a quick one onto the barrel swivel, put yep. twenty inches of leader out, and we're sure. good to go. Sure. Yeah, and you use a small enough barrel swivel, it'll make it through the eyelets, no problem. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it won't and beat them up too bad. Nope. Yeah, I, use, I don't even know what they're rated at, but one of the smaller ones where you can, you almost need a magnifying glass to tie it. Yeah. And and it almost, to me, it, it seems like it helps that, uh, yep, exactly. Nobody listening can see it, but. No, it's a Spro, I don't remember what number it is, but I think it's a 50-pound test swivel and it's teeny tiny if you were to use it with uh, a slip bobber of any kind it would get stuck in the straw of the slip bobber it's that small mm-hmm. but so it, the other thing i do i'm not a walleye pro but i ice fish a lot and when i run jigs and you're even if you're vertical jigging them i try to get rid of that spin so i like the barrel swivel on there when you jig up the jig's not tornadoing up and then tornadoing back down uh, it works for me does it work for everybody? Probably not, but that's what I like to use. It's kind of a cool little trick, and I can tell you I have not really used it because I've always been, you know, I always tie my leader on either a unit of uni or an Albright knot. I can do an Albright knot in my sleep. It's not that difficult for me. Um, I use it a lot from saltwater salmon fishing to even bluegill fishing in some cases, but I don't, I don't struggle with tying that leader on. Too bad, but I, I kind of like that barrel swivel idea because, like you said, you're fishing around some of that heavier cover. Um, you know, whatever you're using for leader material, if it's mono or if it's fluoro, fluoro is a little bit better at taking the abuse from, from the nicks and stuff. Mono stretches a little better. Uh, you know, there's pros and cons to everything, but nothing's impervious to getting cut off in, in the rocks and in the, in the stumps. Yep. Yeah, we were running mono. Um, everybody else was running straight mono. I was running that braid. That's just how I have that rod set up. Yep. So. Yeah. It's nice to have a couple different combinations in the boat to, uh, to be able to choose something from and, and work with. So we're kind of wrapping it up here. I think we did a pretty good job of recapping everything. Uh, do you have another okayest moment that you can share with us? <laughs> I, there were several on that trip, but I think the most, we called it the slump buster because it was, you know, we weren't catching anything and then this happened and it just kind of turned our mood around and we got in a better mood and 
So we were drift jigging the river channel. Um, father-in-law hooked into something, set the hook, and it was. It looked like it was fighting pretty good. You yeah. know, we couldn't see. He goes, get the net. We, we got a big one on. It's pulling drag. So we all reel our stuff in. You know, I grab the net. Rusty's kind of guiding. And uh, it finally surfaces. And it looks like it's got a nice little hump back on it. And yeah. it goes back down. And uh, we get in a little closer, and it surfaces once more. Yep, there's uh, some unlucky fisherman's net that they lost in the water probably 25 years ago. Gore. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we played that one out pretty fun and pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, got a, got a new old net to the collection. Nice. I have nothing else that will make a really cool wall decoration in the cabin. Exactly. <laughs> so that was uh, one of the okayest moments of the trip. Nice. Well... I think that's kind of a wrap. That was a great story. I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> Join us again next week. We'll hopefully have a guest for you. Don't know what we're talking about. We ever we never do really, do we? No, we piece it together and yeah. make it sound pretty good, pretty okay. We uh, we're okay. <laughs> keep your and we're good tight. at what we do. <laughs> that's right. Keep that drag set right, and keep your line tight. And hook sets are free. <laughs>